The following is a presentation of Remnant. Hey, this is Jeremiah from Remnant Church. We want you to be encouraged and filled with hope through your experience as you listen in. This life can be complicated, even confusing, but it's our hope that you catch a glimpse of God's unconditional love for you and His purpose for your life. Thanks for listening. You're listening to a message from Pastor Jeremiah Vick. So we are actually, since uh, Remnant in the Oaks is usually a little bit different in the sense that you know, we've already been kind of hanging out up here in the mountains, and so it kind of has a different feel anyway. We're not at home, a different environment. So usually we'll kind of step away from what we're doing in the valley, and we'll talk about something a little bit different. But uh, we decided that we'd stick with what's going on in our series because it's Father's Day, and it seems appropriate to stay within our family series because we're going to be talking about dads today, um, and not just any dad. We're going to be specifically talking about one Dad, and I'll explain that in just a moment. But first, let me say Happy Father's Day to all you dads and uh, some of you that are not dads yet, but you're thinking about it. You know, it's like on the horizon. Maybe we'll uh, be praying for you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we do hope that this day is special for you, and we hope that you're especially, even if, if you're not a dad, we hope you've had a chance to at least connect with your dad if he's available to connect with, and just let him know that you're happy for. Uh, you're happy to celebrate him on this Father's Day. So good stuff's been happening so far. Let me, uh, let me kind of explain for you guys what we're going to do. So um, we're going to talk about a very special dad, and that special dad is our Heavenly Father. And the reason I want to talk about this particular dad is because obviously he's the ultimate dad, right? But then also, um, you know, I feel like on Father's Day sometimes we, you know, we give dads a really hard time and we say, Here's all the stuff you're not doing that you should be doing. And then dads like slink down in their seats a little further and they just, you know, start to get a little hot. They're like, oh man, why? And, um, and, and sometimes, you know, we really lay it on thick for, da- for uh, Father's Day. We just kind of beat dads up a little bit. Um, we don't usually do that at Remnant, but I think we're kind of used to hearing all the things that dads should be. And I thought instead of doing that, what we would do is we would look at the ultimate dad and we would just say, let's try to be more like him. And if we can be more like him, then we're going to be a better dad or father in our families. Also, if you're here today and you don't have a dad, for some reason you have uh, become disconnected from your father, or, or maybe uh, you've never had a father that you know of, um, and maybe you just um, we don't have that relationship. Maybe that good relationship just isn't there. Um, so I think this message is for you too, because... We want you to be able to connect with the, the father that really, truly loves you and cares about every detail of your life. And so this is not just for dads today. This is for all of you because we all share the same heavenly father. Does that sound cool? All right, let's pray and we'll jump into it. God, thank you so much. Um, first off, Father, we want to thank you for being our father, uh, for being our dad. Um, God, we... We love you for that, um, and not just for that, but everything that you do for us, I think sometimes we really take for granted the fact that you are our Heavenly Father, and that um, even closer and even stronger and even better than our earthly fathers, you are all of that for us. And so I pray that we would realize that today, that maybe, um, maybe we've caught a glimpse of that in the past, but 
just show us clearly um, this afternoon as we spend time in your word that you truly are the father that we've always wanted and the father that we have always needed. And so, God, help us to run to you. Uh, just pray that my words today would be yours. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at three passages. Um, we're going to uh, kind of jump around. They're not long passages, two or three verses, but what I want to do is um, kind of focus in on these different aspects of our Heavenly Father. Okay, The title of my message is A Good Father, because um, just like the song says, God is a good father. I was going to put good, good father, but that, I thought that would be redundant, which it is, but we still sing it. Um, but um, let's look first at Luke chapter 11, and we'll get a little bit of a perspective of this dad that's described here. So Luke chapter 11, verses 10 through 12, it's going to be on the screen there, but if you have your Bibles, it'd be cool to flip there as well. It says this, For everyone who asks, receives, Everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Maybe. I don't know. That's an interesting question because most kids would probably want a snake, actually, you know, as long as it's in a cage or in a uh, terrarium, whatever they call those. Um, Or if they ask for an egg... Do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. These are rhetorical questions, right? No father's going to give their uh, son a poisonous snake when he's asking for something to eat, or a scorpion when this this kid's hungry, right? Um, Verse 13 says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give? Now, I want you to think about this for a moment because um, I, I think that when Jesus was describing who God is, um, it feels like he really picked this crazy illustration, right? I mean, he didn't just say, you know, your dad's going to give you, like, a bad gift, like, I don't know, if you're, if you're, if you're a boy and, you know, you're all into um, Legos or something, he's not going to give you a Barbie, right? Okay, so obviously he couldn't use that illustration, but isn't it a little bit extreme to say this, this earthly dad might possibly give his kid something poisonous or bad for him, Right? Think about that for a moment. Like, why would, why would Jesus use that illustration? And I think that he's maybe bringing to light a thought that, that we don't think about much, or maybe some of us do because we've been exposed to this type of thing. But um, the truth is that we as humans don't always give our children the best gifts. And by gift, I mean the things that they need. Oftentimes, we're not giving them what they really need. We're giving them something that maybe they want, or something that is going to be unhealthy for them in the end. Does that kind of make sense? So, kind of an extreme um, illustration, but I think there's parallels with the lives that we lead, because we want to give people what they want. A lot of times, someone comes to us, and we just want to please them. We just want them to be happy, or we might want them just to shut up, right? Whatever it is, and, and we're going to give them something, right? But that's not how God is. God's not the kind of God that is going to respond to us in a vindictive way or a careless way, okay? That's not who God is. So the first thing that we need to know about our Heavenly Father is that our Father provides. Our Father provides. And He doesn't just provide stuff for us, okay? He doesn't just provide whatever we're asking for, but He really provides the things that we need, that He knows that we need, See, here's the thing. Regardless of our wants, 
our Heavenly Father gives us what He knows is good for us. So regardless of whatever it is that our, our desires are chasing after, or, or whatever it is we see that we're like, oh, I can't wait to have that, or I really wish that that was in my life, regardless of those things and those desires that are cropping up in our lives, God gives us what he knows is really beneficial for us. That's important for us to understand because sometimes we think the things that we want are beneficial for us, but we can't see down the road, right? We don't, we don't really know what's down the path. And if, if we always got our way, if we always got the things that we wanted, then we literally would end up destroying our lives, isn't, I mean, think about this for a moment. I don't want you to shout any things out, any particular you know, things that you've thought about. But have you ever desired something at one point in your life and then a little ways down the road, maybe a year, year or two later, you're like, oh God, I'm so glad you did not give me what I wanted in that case. Have you ever done, I've done that. I've wanted something so badly and then years down the road, I'm like, God, thank you that you and your wisdom did not give me what I want. Instead, you gave me what I needed because I would have been in a terrible place if I had what I wanted. Now, I know, I know right now you're thinking of that thing. Maybe you're, you're in that stage in your life where there is something you want right now and, and you don't really have any justification for it. You can't just say, okay, here's the reason I want this. You just, you just know that this is something you want in your life, right? Maybe there is that thing, but I want you to stop and consider, is, is, does this fit into... The analogy of who God is, does this fit into the character of God? And, and is, is God going to give you what you want, or is God going to give you what you need? See, we need to understand that about God as our provider. Um, think about this. Job wrestled with these things in the book of Job. You guys know the story of Job, right? I mean, if you haven't heard the story, basically, Job is really faithful to God, and, uh, and his faithfulness is tested, and so he gets, instead of uh, re- reward for being faithful to God, he gets all this bad stuff that happens to him, right? I mean, like, really, really bad stuff. And, and when all this happens for him, then eventually God supplies Job, provides for him, gives him back the things. But, I mean, it's a rough story. If you read the book of Job, you're like, man, this, this really stinks for Job. Man, he's really going through it. And, and look what he says. Job 38, verse 41. This is, by the way, after all this garbage has happened to him. He said, who provides food for the raven when it's young cry out to God and wonder about for lack of food? So his question is, who is providing for those birds, right? And, And Jesus says something similar. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about how God provides for the birds of the air, Right? And, and so the idea is that our God, who is the provider, is not only one that wants to give us the things that we need, but he also is sovereign and he knows exactly what we need and nothing escapes his knowledge. And not a single person falls through the cracks. We need to understand that because sometimes we think that we fell through the cracks. You ever felt that way? Don't raise your hand, but have you ever felt? I felt that way. At times I'm, I'm just like, hey God, did you forget about me? Like, why? <laughs> Where, where is your provision in this? Am I just, you know, I feel like I'm sometimes I'm just floating along and like somehow God has taken his eyes off of me or his thoughts have wandered away from me and from my concerns. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it's a great promise. It says, God is able to bless you 
abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So this is kind of an interesting twist on this idea that God provides for us because there's a purpose behind it. It's not just that God's providing for us because he wants us to be plump and healthy, right? It's that God actually has a purpose in providing for us so that we can go and do the work that God's called us to do. It's like God's provision is fueling us for accomplishing his mission. He's got things for us to do, and he's going to provide everything that we need to do what he's asking us to. That's the kind of God that we have. That's the kind of father that we have, a father who provides. But let's look at a different picture of God. Um, this is come, comes from Luke chapter 15, and I want you to um, get familiar with the story if you're not already familiar with it. Um, it's a story of what we call the prodigal son. Um, but it's kind of, I feel like it's, it's a little bit misnamed because the word prodigal doesn't describe the son. It actually describes the father. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that before, but prodigal means generous, right? And so um, the son's not generous. It's, it's that the father is generous, right? So the, the story should actually be called the prodigal dad. But as you know, the story goes that this son comes to his father and he's like, Dad, tired of living here, tired of being in this house under these rules. He's like, I'm ready for my inheritance, right? I'm ready for what you owe me so that I can go live my own life. Um, so back then, you know, the, 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 the family would kind of pass on some of their inheritance to kind of portion them out to the children. And so this son's basically demanding something that wouldn't happen until after this father has passed away. So he's coming to his dad basically saying, Dad, I, I kind of wish you were dead so that I could have what I deserve and I could just go on and live my life. Pretty insulting to go and ask your dad that. But the dad goes ahead and gives him what he wants. And so the son takes his inheritance and he enrolls in a good college, gets a really good education, gets a good job, puts some money aside. I'm just kidding. That's not how the story goes, right? So what happens? He goes and he blows it all, right? Uh, he spends it on alcohol. He spends it on women. Um, he actually buys friends. I don't know how that works, but maybe there's like a place you can go like, hey, anyone my friend? I got money, right? I don't know. But he, so he basically surrounds himself with all these people because he's got all this cash, okay? And he can give them what they want. And then the money runs out. So it's all gone. He's got nothing left, right? Pulls his pockets insides out. And uh, his friends are like, uh, yeah, you were fun to hang out with when you had cash, but you're actually kind of a boring person, so we're leaving. So they take off. And so here's this guy. He's got nothing. He's got no one. And finally, he, he, he gets down to like the deepest place he's ever sunk. And he doesn't have any way to eat, no way to provide for himself. <clears throat> so what he finally does is he gets a job working for a pig farmer. And this guy's like, okay, you can go out and stand in the pig doo-doo and feed them, right? So <clears throat> being this Jewish boy, that's like the absolute worst place you could put him, right? The, most, the least kosher place in the world. And so here he is feeding these pigs and just feeling miserable. And finally he comes to his senses, the Bible says, and he's like, why, why am I doing this? He's like, my father's at the house. He's got all this nice stuff. My family's there. They're provided for. He's like, even the servants, the people that work for my dad, even those guys are living the good life. So he comes up with this plan. He's like, I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to apologize for what I did. By the way, he really did feel bad about it. 
So he's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to apologize for what I did. And I'm just going to ask my dad, can I just work for you? I don't even want to be, I mean, I'm not even worthy to be your son anymore. I'm just going to be working in the house or on the farm, whatever the dad did. We don't know. So he gets on the road, starts the long journey back home. And that's where this verse comes in. Verse 20 of Luke 15. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And the story goes on how the father forgave him and threw a big party for him. And the son's like, Dad, I just want to be your servant. The dad's just like, shut up, dude. You're my son. Come here. You're going to be all of what you used to be. I'm giving you the family ring again, right? All this stuff. So this story is a story that Jesus told to describe the love of the father towards us. We, in the story, we are the son, the lost son that goes off, squanders his dad's wealth, and then comes crawling back. That describes us. That's who we are. And what's the father's response? By the way, this is the only time in the Bible where God is pictured in a hurry. The only time in the Bible where, you know, it's, you hear about how, you know, God wants us to rest and be patient and all this stuff, right? So we're like, we want to be more like my father. We want to be more patient, right? But in this story, God is pictured in a hurry. What is he in a hurry for? He's running down the street to embrace his son, his lost son. Because we have a father who loves and forgives. Our father loves and forgives. See, it doesn't matter how far off we've wandered. God is in a hurry to forgive us and to welcome us home. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're involved in. I don't know how far you've drifted from God or if you know, you're distant from him or if you're ever close to him at all. I don't know what your story is, okay? I can only imagine, but let me just say this. God, your father, your dad, wants you back. He wants you to come back to him. And some of you right now, you're thinking, I've, I've gone to a little too far. It's been a little too long. I've done way too many bad things, and I've put all this distance between me and God. Let me just maybe start like chipping away at some of the bad things I've done, just kind of clean myself up a little, try to get this right and this right and this right, and then maybe God will want me back. But the reality is God wants you back now. He wants you back dirty and filthy and hopeless and broken. That's how God wants you. And, and not only does he want you, he is looking down the road waiting for you. And the moment he spots you, God is going to run. He's going to be in a hurry to welcome you back, to love you, to throw his arms around you. He's, he's inviting you back. Guys, this is a big deal, especially for those of us who did not have a dad in our lives who loved us like that. For those of us who had a dad in our lives who, were, who was distant from us, who didn't pull us in close and love us and let us know that he forgave us. For those that had dads that were cruel and stern with us and we never really knew if they loved us or cared about us, to know that we have a father that cares about us like this, guys, this is a big deal. I don't know about you guys, but this, this, is, this is really a big deal. 
Daniel 9, verse 9, says, The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. You know, this verse would be great if it just said, The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, period, right? Because we could live with that. We'd be like, yes, God is, that is who God is. But then it says, even though we have rebelled against him. So God is full aware of our rebellion. It's not like God is ignorant about what you've done. He's not like sometimes when your parents are, are being, you know, are treating you well, even though they don't know about what you've done. You've had those moments, right, where someone you care about is still loving on you because they don't know that you've done something against their will or that you've done something to hurt them, right? They don't even, they're not even aware of that. And so they're showing you love. Well, God is showing you love and he is fully aware of everything you've done to not deserve that love. That's the kind of father that we have, a father that loves and forgives. I love this verse in Micah chapter 7, verse 18. It says, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? This verse is actually for us, right? It has the word remnant in there. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. This is the God that loves and forgives. Doesn't matter what you've done. Now, the fact that it doesn't matter what you've done and God still loves you doesn't give you license to do whatever you want. No, it just simply reminds us that when we've broken our relationship with him, when we've run off and done our own thing, that God is inviting us back. But he doesn't want us to live and continue in that. He's he's not wanting us to go off and do whatever we want, then come back and say, God, forgive me, and then go back to the pigsty, right? That's, That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I forgive you, and I want you to change. And not only does God want us to change, but he wants to give us the power to change. He wants us to, to give us the ability to make the changes in our lives that are necessary for our lives to bring honor to God. Our Father loves and forgives. So let me give you this last picture of God, our Heavenly Father. It's in Romans 8, verse 15, says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. So let's talk about this this term that God has given us permission to use for him. This is an intimate term, okay? That we don't actually have a a term for, for Father that really compares to this, but the closest we can come to is the name Daddy, Okay, now, when you're a little kid, you call your dad, daddy. When you get a little bit older, you start calling him dad, right? <clears throat> maybe it's name that sticks around, maybe, you know, you call him father. Or maybe even you get to a point where you start to call your dad by his first name. Who knows? But, but it seems like at some point, like we start to maybe drift away in that intimate connection we have with our father, right? It's like we kind of step away a little bit. And as we grow up, we don't say daddy, we don't climb into his lap, right? It's like those, those things are not still happening. Maybe it would be a little bit weird if they were happening, but understand that we kind of move on, right, as we mature and as we grow older. But what God is telling us, when it comes to our relationship with our Heavenly Father, he's saying, this is a space, this is a place where I don't necessarily want you to grow old 
I want you to still have that mindset of a child that feels safe in his dad's arms. A child that, you know, after not having seen his dad for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, dad comes in there, daddy, right? Runs over to him. I remember the first time that my son Josiah called me daddy. I mean, I, I, well, this kind of way where he's like, you know, excited to see me. There were times where he wanted something and called me dad. But I remember walking into his room and him, like his eyes lighting up because I, I was coming back from, from being gone. And, and he's like, daddy, and just runs over and gives me a hug. And I'm like, man, this is what fatherhood's all about. This is the best part of being a dad. And God is saying, the best part of being your heavenly father is when you call me daddy. I give you permission to say daddy and jump into my arms. Our father pulls us close. Our father pulls us close. That's the kind of heavenly father we have. Not the kind of dad that pushes us away and doesn't have time for us. Maybe you've had a dad like that. Maybe you've had experiences like that with your earthly father. But that's not who your heavenly father is. Your heavenly father's giving you permission to call him dad, call him daddy, to climb into his lap and be embraced by him. So don't believe the lie that God is distant and unapproachable. He invites us to call him daddy. Don't believe it, guys, because people are going to tell you, you are going to tell yourself that God is distant, that he's far away, and you're going to believe it. And you're going to begin to live your life as if you are distant from God. And it's not the kind of distance that you created, right? You're going to actually believe that God has taken a step back from you. And let me just say that's a pretty hopeless way to live. Because if you're living in a way where you feel you've stepped away from God, then in the back of your mind, you're like, God is still there. But when you start to believe the lie that God has abandoned you, then you truly are living a hopeless life. God hasn't abandoned you. No, he's our father. He's our heavenly father, and he does the complete opposite. He pulls us close. Acts 17.27 says, God has done all this so that we will look for him and reach out and find him. He is not far from any one of us. He's not a distant God. He is not a God that, that just kind of like watches us through the window. You ever get that impression that, you know, you're out playing in the yard and like God's in his house just like kind of watching you through the window? Maybe he's busy doing something else and every once in a while he checks on you just to make sure you're still alive. No, that's, that's bad parenting, right? <laughs> that's, God doesn't do that. God loves us. He's concerned about us. He's interested in our lives we have a father that pulls us close. James 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Take, take that one step towards God, and God's going to take two steps towards you. So just get on that road and start heading towards him, and you'll see your heavenly father running towards you. He's a father that holds us, pulls us close. Now here's the thing, guys. Once again, this kind of brings us to a place where we have to try in our minds somehow to compare like the way God cares about us and the way he loves us with the way our earthly father loves us and has treated us. And again, I, please don't be confused. Maybe, maybe you have a great dad, okay? 
And so I'm not putting down dads today. And maybe you're here and you're a dad and you're trying to be the best dad you can. And I think that's awesome. But let me just say this. If any of that is not true for you, if any of those situations is not your reality, understand that you have a God, a heavenly father. You have a daddy who loves you, who's inviting you in, who's pulling you close, who wants to be with you. A God that forgives you for anything you do that's wrong. And a God that more than anything wants you to know that you have permission to call him Abba, Daddy. Even if your earthly father doesn't possess these qualities, you have a heavenly father who does. And that goes for dads in the room too. We have a heavenly father. Dads, that should make us want more than anything to strive to reach that standard that our Heavenly Father has set for us, to be the best imitation that we can be of our Heavenly Father, to be that dad on earth that's like the spitting image of our Father in heaven. And gals, uh, there's some of you gals in here that you're single, right? You, You want that guy, that man that's going to be in your future to be the kind of father that our Heavenly Father is. To have those kinds of qualities. Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for anything less for yourself. And dads, don't settle for anything less for yourselves. But understand, if right now you look at your life and you're like, you know what? I'm missing something here. Understand that our Heavenly Father wants to fill in all the gaps. That He's the dad you've always wanted. And more importantly, he's the dad that you always needed. Right? Kind of like Batman? Yeah? You get the reference. But the reality is, guys, we're, we're not going to find a better dad. We're not going to find a better father than our Heavenly Father. And we're not going to find one that's more interested in our lives and wants to have a closer relationship with us than him. So I say take advantage of it. Take advantage of the fact that you have a God that loves you that much that you have a heavenly father who's inviting you in. Call him daddy today. Crawl up into his lap. Tell him about how the day's going. Tell him about how your life's going. He's, he's waiting to hear. God's in a big hurry for you to get back to him. Let's pray. Father, thanks. And when I say father, I don't just mean our heavenly distant father, a father that's outside of this, this world, outside of this universe. And I know the reality is, God, you're a big, big God, but I also know this, that you are a good father. That as big as you are and as powerful as you are and as distant as you could be if you wanted to be, that's not who you are. And I thank you for that. I thank you for, your, for the dads that are here in the room, for the dads that are, that are not here right now but are represented in this room And my prayer for them is that they would strive to be more and more like their Heavenly Father. That they wouldn't feel judged, that they wouldn't feel condemned in their fatherhood, God, but that they would be inspired to be a better dad. And for those of us that maybe have never got to experience what it really means 
to have a father like that. I pray that we would call you daddy and climb up into your lap and know that we have all of that in you. So thanks, God. Thank you for being our father, our dad. If you're here today and something I've said about fatherhood of, of our God maybe kind of struck a chord in your heart and you're like, man, I wish I had that. Man, I wish I could feel that. Man, I wish I really, really knew that and experienced it. If that's you, let me pray for you today. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want to pray for you because I know, I know that there are those of us in this room that struggle with the realities and maybe like me, you've, you've come to a point where you've just even discovered things about your dad that at times made you feel like bitter or angry or maybe even unloved. But right now, I just want to pray for you and that you would recognize that your heavenly Father loves you more than any earthly father could. So God, would you touch these hearts? That are reaching out for you. That are missing something. That are longing for that to be filled in their heart and in their lives. Just let them know how close you are and how much you love them. You're in a big hurry to get to them. Thanks, God. Thanks, Daddy. We love you. Amen. You've been listening to a presentation of Remnant. For more information, visit us at remnantchurchonline.com.